0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings, I want to know at, after 38 years, after 1.5 billion in sales for your clients, creating thousands and thousands of campaigns, you're here on a podcast, still promoting, still pushing, you're still doing the game of business. What's deep down inside of Jeff that is just burning? You are getting me pumped up here, Chaz, I'll tell you. I
1: love that uh, intro. I, I think there may be a job at the WWE for you as well. <laughs> Biggest decision of my life. So I am one of the acknowledged creators of the infomercial. I created the first skincare infomercial. Every time you see a, a woman say, I, I put it on and it changed my life. You know, I'm having better snacks. My friends notice. I look younger. I have more confidence. That's me. I was the first guy to do that. Uh, it was called Love Your Skin. It was an uh, infomercial in 1985. I was the first guy to actually broadcast, take a, a broadcast version of the Avin at that period and dump it off to a tape and broadcast. And I did a series on the Travel Channel called On Vacation. And it was the first time it had ever gone from a computer to TV. Wow. So those are the revolutionary things that changed it. I don't recommend it, but it happened. It's fell in my lap. I got into a business
0: that didn't exist. There was no such thing as direct selling. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. I'm back with you here today. I'm your host. Got another king here on the king stage, Jeff Meltzer, my brother Jeff. Bring the energy, my man. How we doing?
1: All right, Chad Wolf, the legend, the
0: myth, right. the mystical
1: and illuminating king
0: of podcasts. Nice to meet you. I'm I'm thankful that you're here. You know, in some of our our, uh, communications with you before the show, I I was very much made aware through my team that I I was going to be meeting a fast paced New Yorker who was going to bring the heat and expected me to as well. And I thought, well, this is my kind of guy. So here we are. Tell us what kind of business that you got, Jeff.
1: Well, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on, and I was really looking forward to this show because it's it going to allot me the time. I've been on a million of these and you know, everything in between, but this is going to allot me the time to give your viewers a full picture of a beginning to end of a business and an industry that didn't exist, that skyrocketed up and is gliding downward. So well. I think it'll be uh, interesting for any entrepreneur Certainly, the stories hopefully will be entertaining. So, thanks. This is where we
0: slip into the NSA. Stay to the end. We've got a special surprise for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's always more. Yeah, there's always more. That's right. That's right. We'll pivot to that. So, Meltzer Media has been in business for 38 years. Basically, we have done we let's let's describe the shop. The shop is a full service creative, you know, copywriting, production, post production, graphics, and Manufacturing, distribution, customer service, retail, packaging, design—literally, we're we're re- we're retail vendors. Uh, most of the majors, we sell internationally. We're vendors on at-home shopping. So wow. anything that you can promote, sell, and distribute, Meltzer Media does. Uh, we produce, you know, infomercials, commercials of every single length, web commercials, TikTok—you name it, we're doing it. We have done 2,000 campaigns to date, totaling over $1.5 in sales. We work with entrepreneurs, inventors, Fortune 50 companies. Our last client, our biggest client was uh, a top 50, 100 billion plus client and everything in between. Anybody who wants to get somewhere to promote or sell, that's what we do.
0: Yeah, I love that. How encompassing that is, but yet so direct. If direct. I, I don't know if I could have done.
1: What I do direct to consumer, direct to business, direct. That's right. Nothing in between. I love
0: it. I love it exactly. Well, I think like like you said, you are going to give us plenty of value here today. You've got such a resume of experience and also the ups and downs that we want to hear about. But I want to know at after thirty eight years, after one point five billion in sales for your clients, creating thousands and thousands of campaigns. You are here. On a podcast, still promoting, still pushing. You're still doing the game of business. What's deep down inside of Jeff that is just burning? You are getting me pumped up here, Chaz. I'll tell you. I <laughs> love that intro.
1: I, I think there may be a job at the WWE for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So this is the easiest question that anybody ever asks me because most of the people I know are retired or dead or, uh, you know, you know, still, there is still something, you know, obviously, I, I'm still do, you know, working, but yeah. the answer is this. Every day I wake up, it's like my first day. I have something to look forward to. I have some challenge. I have something that's going to stimulate me. It's something that I could connect with. It's something right. that's going to occupy my time. I'm going to be able to learn new things. The mind dies when you stop learning, Right. So, you know, I'm always finding new things, whether it's technology or how how businesses change, you know, anything like that. Uh, Another thing is defying the odds. I mean, ageism is an epidemic in this country. It's awful. I mean, I I will go into a couple of things that I've experienced of my age, which is really disheartening. And it's really, truthfully, insulting because when you discard age and history, then you're deemed you're doomed to make the same mistakes twice, over and over again. So why not use, you know, people like me? I mean, the the first time I heard, okay, boomer, I I was like, whoa, whoa, you're talking to the wrong guy. You know, just being told that you're worthless and you should dig a hole and jump in and throw some dirt on yourself, that encourages me to continue to go on and to do new things, make new breakthroughs, continue to try different things and to expand the horizon and ultimately, you know, just just deal with the process that's in front of you, not the same one. If you keep doing the same one, that's insanity, right? right? That's, not, the, the result won't change and Ultimately, you go down. But if you continue to evolve, that's exciting. You know, that keeps that yeah. keeps me energized. OK. And also just technology, you know, and all of the different things that make people react. That to me is exciting. What creates the dopamine flow in a people's brain where they look at you and they go, I'm not interested. And then like literally 30, 60, two minutes later, they're like, well, that's it. Does it? Oh, it does. <laughs> well, yeah, well, can you get, you can't give me that price. That's yeah. the thing that drives me. So, yeah. you know what? And the last thing I'll leave with, sellers never retire.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, you give, I mean, gosh. There's like so much juice in that answer. I think you covered so many different entrepreneurs listening here today and relatability, but it's the game. I heard you say you get to play the game again.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, man, listen. If it if you're not if you're playing a game that you don't like, whether you're doing it for the money, it gets tired. You just don't want to yeah, play. The sure. actually there's an express. I have an expression for most things, by the way. The expression is, "Who do I have to pay to get off of this job?" You know, I mean. I see that on a set when I'm, uh, you know, we're shooting and it starts off and everybody, nobody knows each other and everybody's excited and then they cross, you know, and and by the end of that, you know, long, treacherous and, an, you know, anarchy of a day, you're just like, oh my God, who do I got to pay to get away? You know, who do I got to pay to get off this and, and go home? So
0: yeah.
1: it's an evolution. There's a bell curve of everything. And then eventually it goes the other way. So, yeah. you know. That's that's the, those are the things that I think. Well, yeah.
0: and you keep you keep finding those new things to reinvigorate the bell curve to like keep it keep it from going back down. You know, um, which well, I think the is. The only
1: way, that, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. The, no, no, no I mean, that's good. I will do that because we're not arrogant New Yorkers. We're we're aggressive or abrasive. <laughs> we we have so much to say and so little time to say. So if I do that, I apologize for every one of them. Yeah. Ultimately, we. I feel that I'm gathering information from as many people as I can, and that's what stirs the creativity. I mean, I go to sleep, you look at something over and over and over, and you you think, eh, there's something wrong with it, and then you go to sleep, and you have one conversation, boom! You know, the thing that makes it different, or gonna make it successful, or the answer that you're looking for, it comes.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's constantly staying active and interacting with people who are better than you, and not better than you. Either way, you learn something
0: yeah no, I love that that uh, open mindedness is really what it is. it's a it's a conduit of learning as opposed to a closed loop. but uh, I mean you close the loop and it's done like i don't I'm not interested in that.
1: give <laughs> uh, let me give you another, let me give you another uh, example of things that I I, I I absolutely see and have learned over the years. There are only two types of people. Okay. people who play it close to the vest and listen, and they go like this. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or people like you and I, yeah, who are want to share, right? You want to give as much as you can because that's when you get back. There's a trust yeah. factor. There's a, 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 a opportunity to mutually exchange on an equal yeah. basis, right? And ultimately, that to me is the kind of person that usually I want to deal with, not somebody yeah. who I feel is they're holding back.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's the, the, you, you made the mention of it. There's no flow. If there's no flow, then we, we can't, we can't do anything. And it's so interesting that you say it like that, because I felt this <clears throat> for a long time because on the, like I use culture index or, you know, the disc profile naturally I'm introverted and people are like, wait a second, what 400 plus podcasts you've been in sales for 20 years. You you have 14 different companies. It's like, yeah, like really when you boil me down, I love to be in the woods where it's quiet, but, but I have learned the value of what, Jeff's talking about, which is if I don't give or exchange or create flow sometimes, if I'm the only one creating it, fine, but there's got to be flow for value. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And you know what? Life is only good. Life,
1: TV, and business is only good if there's contrast. Yeah. So y- y'all, I, look, I live in the, you know, been living here my whole life, born and bred guy, I'll tell you actually an interesting story about how I grew up and where because everybody will go oh my God there has to be a give and take and an ebb and a flow otherwise everything is flat if every if you're hearing heavy metal music and all you hear is shredding that gets tiring no matter how fast for the first you know song or two you go whoa that guy can shred and then you hear like you know 45 minutes more of that and you're like it sounds like the same thing so when. You know, I live in this fast-paced city, and it's it never sleeps. It's twenty hours a day, and it's you know constantly being bombarded with all sorts of things. But then I need those quiet moments, as yeah. you said. You need to to you know get the mind to a different place, bring it down, and build it back up again. And that's important yeah. in terms of your mental health and being able to connect, con- connect, and also recharge. And, and And that also helps you tolerate a lot of things that may frustrate you with other people and doing business and problems and everything else. So oh, yeah, you know, I'm not a patient guy, obviously by, <laughs> by nature, but I've learned to be, you know, and, uh, yeah. and I think that's incredibly important.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't put myself in the patient category either, but uh, what we're talking about is poise and knowing what to do, when to do it because it's the right move, not necessarily because, you know, my natural sense of urgency is doesn't, it can't be bridled, <laughs> you know, The the story that you've got here, you kind of dropped a little bit of a nugget on us at the very beginning, saying that you know you've been in industry now thirty eight years. It's gone up, it's coming down. Like you, I've been in the industry
1: a lot longer. I've been in business for thirty eight years.
0: Love that. Okay, so give us this you know multi decade history in a couple of minutes. Give us give us the fast forwarded version, the the New York style.
1: All right. Well, (laughs) it doesn't necessarily have to be New York style. It's 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 a chronological story. So ultimately, I started in the business. I'm one of the few people left that has spanned the film, video, and nonlinear, okay? So there's three different phases of being able to create marketing, advertising, some sort of communication. So that is interesting in and of itself, because that is how my career, you know, sort of, pivoted or transitioned from one to the other. So I started on Madison Avenue. I I worked in a production company that had five directors. It had an in-house editing suite. And I had an offer to either become a cameraman and crew guy or a post-production or an editor. Well, the editor had its own little office by itself. And I saw the chaos of the production. I go, I like the editing, you know. (laughs) So I ended up starting as a film editor in a very... You know, major production company that shot 30-second at Madison Avenue commercials. Okay, I met a guy. I was the productionist. I was. I did a whole slew. You know, you do everything. Yeah. I met a guy who owned the post-production company that f- edited film. I asked him, you know, if he needed a, an assistant. He said yes. We, uh, that's how I learned my chops in the in the advertising and commercial editing business and, and, and production. I watched, you know, how directors worked. I worked, I looked at set and costume and casting and everything else and basically learned the format. And yep. then I started my business in 1985, okay? So I started my own commercial editing business in 85. I also knew at that point that doing 30-second and 60-second commercials for Madison Avenue with people who are basically just fearing for their jobs and justifying their existences every day, usually at my expense, was not my future. This yeah. is not going to work. I can make a lot of money, but I am going to be beaten and miserable. So, I had a friend who was a the creative director at Doyle Dane Burbank, I believe, at that time, and he said, "Hey Jeff, Ronald Reagan deregulated ca- the cable industry, and you can buy half-hour times for like nothing." I go, "So," yeah, he said, well, "I'm going to start making commercials for a half hour and buying the time and selling the product on TV." I go, "What?" I said, "How could you? What are you going to do in half an hour? You know, what 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 can you possibly fill on on on, Tuesdays or whatever it is?" So he said, "Your famous words: Everything you can't do in a thirty second, you can do in thirty
0: minutes. Thirty minutes. That's right.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I'm in. Biggest decision of my life. So I am one of the acknowledged creators of the infomercial. I created the first skincare infomercial. Every time you see a a woman say oh my god i changed it I, I put it on and it changed my life you know i'm having better snacks my friends notice i look younger i have more confidence. that's me i was the first guy to do that it was called love your skin it was a uh infomercial in 1985 it was also done in spanish first spanish infomercial ever wow also the first hundred million dollar grossing infomercial of all time so that's how i started and go wow this is powerful wow. Yeah. So that is how I've evolved all the way to where I am today, uh, you know, 2000 campaigns later and selling everything from $5 to $500,000 items and it doesn't and everything in between. You know, I've I've started some other companies, you know, as as I've gone along the way and spun off and we had, uh, you know, different different types of things, but all within the direct to consumer business and all selling, okay? And it also took me from editing to directing to producing and then into marketing and licensing and and distribution because ultimately that's how you make money. I wasn't a salary guy. I worked for somebody for like two years and said, as you, I think we discussed this prior, it's like that shlummy is making money. I'm like, I'm smarter than that guy. I know I can do it. And I did, I started literally with two clients and maybe, maybe one and a half. and a (laughs) half and." And I'm going to make it happen. And, you know, I was, well, I don't want to tell you what happened at home, but I had the support of my parents and and I did it, you know, and it just happened. It just, it just evolved. Yeah. And listen, I was also one of the, by the way, I'm just going to bring this up. So I was one of the first five nonlinear editors of nonlinear computer editing in the world. Okay. Wow. People were, when people were editing film and videotape and the, and the computer came in and said, Hey, you could edit, you know, on a computer, people were like, First of all, most people didn't even have a computer. Right. And it was like click and drag. Like, what, what is What is that? That sounds like, you know, a dance. <laughs> so I went to a demonstration of Avid technology. And I immediately, with a few other guys, four of them walked out. And I said, I'll take it. Wow. You know? And it was literally like as raw as it could be. But then you could click and drag and cut and make versions in literally, you know, five seconds even though the quality was like, you know, that's why I'm wearing yeah. glasses today, basically. <laughs> but ultimately, I'm like, that's the future. And here it is. Here's my certificate. I don't know if you can see it. Oh,
0: uh, there you go. Love it.
1: I think it says, where is it? Right here. 1990. Wow. Okay, So it's 33 years ago that I got this certificate, and that also changed my life because all the guys in my uh, business at that time. We were a cooperative of editors. We're like, you're gonna lose your business. You're gonna fly off the end of the earth and right. you'll never see your film again. And of course, I was giving demonstrations to agency people at that period of time. And I cut the first infomercial on that as well. And it's the I was the first guy to actually broadcast, take a a broadcast version of the Aven at that period. And dump it off to a tape and broadcast. it. I did a series for the for the Travel Channel called On Vacation, and it was the first time I had ever gone from a computer to TV. Wow! So those are the revolutionary things that changed it. And I took a risk. I've always been a risk taker, but I always hedge uh-huh. my bet. I always have a backup. That's very very important. And that's what I would say to you to, to, to you know the people that you're that are listening and the viewers and anybody who's a business owner or are thinking about it or working at a high end job and saying, Hey, I'm going to put out my old shingle. Make sure you have a backup. I mean, it's yeah. one thing to be confident, but it's another thing to put all your eggs in one basket and then boom, it just doesn't work. And it may not be your fault.
0: Let me yeah. give you
1: another example. See, I have a lot of stories. The-
0: a whole basket <laughs> full of them.
1: <laughs> I could fill up three books. So the, the, the the as you could see the, the advertising and marketing business was changing and it was changing in a technological way and I was embracing it at that point and there were a lot of yeah. laggards and you know first in wins that's another expression first in wins okay so there were a number of guys that I knew who owned all of these te- video editing shops they did film to tape transfers they edited on you know on tape which was still you know very popular when the computer editing started, you still had to take your cut and, and, and get it to a high resolution onto a piece of tape so you could broadcast it throughout the world or whatever. And those guys were buying the best technology and they were charging at that time, like, you know, we're talking, you know, in the 80s, uh, $400 to $500 an hour, which was an enormous amount yeah. of money, but you yeah. had no choice. But they also had to pay $500,000 for that machine and eventually technology wears out. So I never put all my eggs in one basket in terms of technology because it's constantly changing. And every one of those guys eventually, you know, went, went this way. There were a couple of you know people left who, who sucked up the rest of the business who was still vital. But those people who invested in one thing of a technology thinking this was it, they were going to corner the market. There is no cornering the market.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you position this because, you know, your business, you led into the story of that you were a forerunner. You were you were one of the first to use technology, and so. But but in the same tongue and cheek sentence, it was you didn't necessarily bring the technology or go all in on this one particular technology. What you said you went all in on is just forward progress in your business. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yes, I mean the fact is that I embraced it. I had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, you know, sure. I heard these guys say. You know, oh, I could, we could cut faster. I'll be able to, to beat a computer in seems of speed and efficiency any day of the week. You know, and I'm like, Hah. famous laughs words. But, you know, in the back of your mind, you're going, I hope this thing doesn't crash. Right. <laughs> you know, I need more storage. You know, I wish this thing would start up, you know, in under 20 minutes, whenever it was. <laughs> but if, but if I knew that the fact that I could do something in five seconds that could take two or three days. At that period of time, or I had a book time at $500 an hour to do for me, I knew this was the future and I knew this was going to work. And I also knew from the infomercial side that when the phones started to ring and literally thousands of women were buying these, you know, skincare regimes... And saying I'll take the exfoliator and the night cream and let me have the facial scrub or whatever and they were like literally off the store and then they were reordering, right? They were right. reordering month after month, and then they needed you know people customer service to to answer the questions. I'm like holy crap, this this is insane. I mean, who would have ever thought that people would do that? I knew at that point that's a good risk, you know. And yeah. then we and I was also told you know what from from this guy his, his name was Tom Fenton. His, Meant My mentor in this business and one of the founders of the actual infomercial and the NEMA, National Infomercial Marketing Association, which then turned into the Electronic Retailing Association, which is now defunct. These are guys who are visionaries. They, They were real entrepreneurs because this is another interesting thing, and I don't recommend it, but it happened. It fell in my lap. I got into a business that didn't exist. There was no such thing as direct selling. I mean, there were a couple yeah. of things, you know, the Weekly Reader, or the Digest. or the, There were a couple of things on TV, but there was no business that was called infomercials or webmercials right. or infotainment or documercials or whatever you want to call these things, right? They didn't have it. Plus, there was only the phone. There was no technology when he started, right? You could only make a phone call to an operator to make an to make an order. And then... Right. You know, that evolved to somebody said, hey, we can put video on the internet. (laughs) No, you can't. No, no, no. People were using 60 cycle modems and dial-ups. Right. right? Like the way that will work. And eventually it did. And people said, okay, we're going to put video on our website. Now we can actually take orders that way, right? Yeah. And it just kept evolving, right? And then, of course, you know, now it is where it is today. And then eventually where it is now... Amazon and all the other sellers pretty much destroy the exclusivity of the business of the, of direct selling exclusively on TV.
0: Right. Yeah. You
1: you pivot.
0: Yeah. Same business, just different format. Right. What, what is, I mean, just this question keeps popping into my head. You've seen so many products sell or sell out so incredibly fast, like the, like the creams and the, and the regimes and stuff that you were talking about. what is the mix? I mean, it's not an infomercial today necessarily that it, that one of the listeners is going to go do, although they still exist. What is it? Is it is it a combination of video authenticity, a good product? Like, what's the formula inside of the media, whatever platform it is, that gets the sale? This
1: is why you, sir, Chaz Wolf, is the are the king of podcasts because that is a great question and that is the million dollar question on. There is a method to the madness.
0: That's right. It's
1: not yelling and selling. Yes, it is. Right. Or you know, whatever. Crying and buying. You know, you know this is a mill- we have a million. Right. of
0: these, right. right.
1: But there is an absolute formula to do these things. Right. First of all, it's the category. And I don't know if I could recite them. I'm going to try my best. But okay. the me- my mentor, Tom, said, as long as we are human beings, these five categories will always sell. Beauty, weight loss, get rich quick, instant miracle. Let's see, and I'm missing one. There's one more, okay? But those are the things as human beings, our human nature is to do those things, right? Oh, and and getting younger, you know, staying younger, those things. So, and there's more now, but basically, that was said, said to me 38 years ago, maybe more, 40 Forty years ago, and that's still wow. true. So that's first. The key here, you go. And I don't care what kind of advertising you do. It's it's a matter of the level that you do it and how you do it. And I don't care if you're a millennial now. And i uh, listen. I I'm a, I'm a student of this, and I see you know 20 and 30 year olds sell on TikTok and every and you know even on TV and everything else, and they're still using this format. Problem, solution. Efficacy, offer, yeah. enticement, yeah, Guaranteed. That's it. It's good. That's it. I just gave you the secret. Now let me tell you another secret. Now that I've given away all my secrets, because you and That's I true. are having this broad-based conversation, and it's and we're 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 sharing everything, right? It's all off the chest. Yeah, you, I can give, and you the same, because you're a business owner. You can give anybody the ingredients to the cake, it's, right. sugar, it's flour, it's you know, baking. So doesn't mean they can make the cake.
0: Yeah. Nor does it mean that they will, even if they want no. to and know how to most won't.
1: Most won't. And, and listen, you know, action speaks louder than words. Uh, and most people don't follow through with the things that they do. And I hear it all the time and I see it and I see it from inventors and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, it, you gotta I see most of the time the things that I see that are very discouraging are running ninety yards in a hundred yard race and dropping out with ten to go because That's it right. didn't go the way they thought the first time.
0: Yeah. Would you say from I mean, I guess we're we're in the advertising media conversation, we just kind of gave a more blanket principle of, you know, consistency or just following through. But how have you seen that principle specifically in your clients? equate to winning on an infomercial or a TV set or TikTok or whatever it is that, you know, media that you're performing now.
1: Yeah, let's let's segue that because I don't want to be I'm not pigeonholed as a TV guy because I'm not a TV guy. I'm a marketer. Oh, we're 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 vendors, you know, at all the major retailers. We sell online. We're on Amazon. We have home shopping. We we sell internationally. And by the way, I just want to make a disclaimer here. The infomercial and the direct response business is far from dead. I mean oh, yeah. you're talking about at its peak, probably at a globally globally about four hundred billion dollars in business. And oh. it's probably you know half half that now, maybe a little less or I'm not really sure. And not involved. I mean, I was an officer in the in the electronic reselling, so I, I was privileged to a lot of this information, but it is far from that, And internationally it's growing by leaps and bounds. So you know everything lags it's, it's oh, yeah. we're we're past that point but uh, you know Europe is not and a lot of times they don't use credit cards so i mean right. you know the, you have to measure it it's relative to where it's being aired but in terms of the, the marketing it, what i do is only a piece of that cut up puzzle right now of, of being able to get a message or a product across to whoever you're trying to reach and communicate to to either motivate them to buy at least listen pre-qualify, predispose, like you do. You do that. So those are the things that ultimately that this kind of advertising does and the, this method, it works and it continues to work because it cuts the clutter. It gets yeah. right to the crap. Subtlety does not sell. A product will or a service will not sell itself. How many times have you heard, oh God, why did they start a commercial with that? Right, it's <laughs> car crash or oh, now, or you know even evens like has this happened to you or it's a lawyer I was like don't don't let them take advantage of you because it gets your attention yeah and you have five seconds maybe nine at the most to grab that person and hold them and it doesn't matter what medium you're using them on so let's just take it to commerce side right if so Walmart right we're going into Walmart we have a product in Walmart uh, I deal with buyers all the time. And the presentations have to be absolutely precise. And you have to have all the answers. You, you got two meetings these days. COVID has blown everything up. There are no more, very few, if any, live meetings. You get two meetings, right? They look at your product. They say they like it. You get this call like we're doing now. You give them the answers. They give you an offer. And then you respond. And that's it. Okay. Now, I always, what I do and why it works is because i answer the questions before they're asked. Mm. This is key.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: So when somebody goes, yeah, but how much oh, yeah, okay, good. All right. And how big? Oh, 45 days? Oh, okay. So you're preempting yeah. any of the things and that gives people confidence and they go, yeah. This company, this product, they're they're on top of it and it gives them the information without wasting their time and no back and forth. Because you know, once you go back and forth with anybody, no matter what it is, the thing starts to slide the wrong way and hits the back yeah. burner and then off the stove.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love I love this this conversation because before I was ever knew anything about marketing, I was in sales. And <clears throat> although there are nuances to make them similar, they're very different. And but the principle that I learned that's what you're saying, but in the sales hat is pre-framing for objections. And it's the same thing. It's like you're answering questions because that's what marketing does. It it brings information. Sales is obviously selling or overcoming objections or making the connection. Okay, fine. But I can pre-frame the entire sales process to get you to have no questions at the end or no objections based on the information that I'm either gathering from you or giving to you and pre-framing how you think about this situation that you're in and how my product can save you time, money, effort, weight loss—you know, all the beauty, all the things that you just said—and so when we get to the end, you know, I, years and years and years in sales, it, it's a, it's a simple like, okay, great. Here we're going to get started, as opposed to oh and then you then you have this wrestle and then you know all these I mean, sales gurus sell
1: meeting about the last exactly meeting.
0: exactly it's backwards. like we don't need objection handling we just need you to understand how to give them proper framing along the way so that there are no questions or objections at the end which is exactly what jeff has given to you from a marketing perspective you're good
1: you're good you get it right away you're hired yeah it might be fun. <laughs> it's all ultimately it comes down to that's not only the way that you're doing your advertising, it's the way you're setting up your corporation and your business. Right. And I only deal, I have a family of people that I've dealt with for years. It's constantly changing. Obviously, as I said, in my, in my case of, because of my age, <laughs> you know, it's like, what? He's dead. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, who, who, who took over? He <laughs> was like, wait, no, I have a script for him. Tell him, tell him undead himself, you know, was, <laughs> so, yeah, and that's a bad thing. But, Ultimately, you know, you constantly have to fill fill your, your your those key slots that will be able to get you the research with that information that you are a hundred percent sure on. So when yeah. you do it, you're you know you like you know as I said, I hate to say that like a cocky New Yorker, you know it's like, yep, those are the facts. You know, I mean, yeah. we I want to say something and I want to make sure I can prove it and I want to make sure I could you know back it up. And it's exactly. a bunch of you know, whatever, or I'm I'm treading water and you know I'm juggling balls to try right. to until I have that answer because I know I don't have that answer. So yeah. yeah, that to me is is strength. Let me give you an example on these on, on these things that I do. So we do these now with our with product people, with you know mid-sized companies that want to move to the next level, and truthfully, with these big hundred million, hundred billion dollar companies. They're looking for predisposed lead for a, a, a small cost per lead, cost per acquisition, uh, you know, it's a, a return on their revenue over a long period or whatever. But it all comes to the same thing. It's the same thing, which is being able to give people something direct that answers all the questions, right? Without wasting anybody's time, no loopholes, no flim fl- fl- flannery, and ultimately demonstrate exactly what you're saying. So, with this Walmart product, I have this product. I would show it to you. Actually, I probably could, but I won't. So, <laughs> I, I, we did a 20 second video of how this product worked. This product has no moving parts, it's black, it's this big, okay? And it and it, and it's a and it's miracle. It's a miracle product, okay? And it's got a great tagline, a great tagline, but it'd have to prove that tagline, and we did it in the 20 seconds. And when we got on the call with the, the GM and the and the and the buyer or the assistant buyer to Walmart, which is you know always like, you know, yeah, we are, this is it. It was the best call ever. You know why? Because they, they had the product in their hand and they were doing whatever it was that it did, and they said, How many,
0: how quickly? And how makes sense. Hey, Kings and Queens, Chaz Wolf. I want to talk to you about something that's super important to me. We put a lot of time and effort. We meaning myself and my team into this podcast, into the content that goes out every single day. And if you have been getting any sort of value or insight from this, we want it to be able to reach other business owners too. So we would love if you would like comment, share, leave a review, post, share again, (laughs) all of the things on social media, on all the different platforms, or even on the podcast mediums of Apple and Spotify, we would love to be able to get our content into more hands, more entrepreneurs, so they can grow their business as quick as possible. Together, we are building a community of like minded entrepreneurs who are committed to growing their businesses to new heights. So let's do this. Let's help each other. Let's help each other grow. Yep.
1: we have to yeah.
0: answer questions. Check the box, make the sale. How important in this process of pre framing, or like, and that's in essence what you did. You did so good in that product d- demonstration that it answered all their questions. You pre framed the entire situation. How important is confidence, but mixed with what you were just saying that you actually have to prove what you're saying? Because what I see in marketing today, especially online, a lot of confidence, <laughs> but then you get in and you're like, you. Don't actually do what you say like this. Wait, wait a second. (laughs) This was all just smoke and mirrors. So obviously confidence is important. Obviously doing what you say is important or being able to prove the claim. But how do those things work together? Because I see a whole lot of one and not the other in today's world.
1: And you, you, you nailed them all. You're nailing them all. You're nailing all the observations that pe- people should see, and smart people do, and obviously decision-makers do, when they see nice. some flint flannery, or, or or I call them the great pretenders. Yeah, that's you know that song? Now it's the, this is, again, I wrote an article on that one, the great pretenders. People who pretend to be something they want to be, or think they are, or whatever it is, but they have nothing to back it up. So ultimately... Listen, if I if I said a lot of these things, and I came on with you know the kind of swagger that I have, and that I feel confident in, in, in doing. Then ultimately, if I couldn't prove it out, they'd go. Blowhard, BSer, yeah, yeah, he's got a great and 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 you get that reputation. It's a bad Holman, not a not not a way to go. You're not fooling anybody. And truthfully. You're not going to sell anything. You may be able to sell something once, but as soon as they have it with the way the things are now, the, re- the reviews come and you're screwed. It's like, yeah. this guy said it did this and it did that. Or, you know, I went to this service or these people with the, it was the worst customer service or whatever it might be, you know, yeah. in your corporation, you could fool them once, but you're not fooling them again. So not a recommended way to go. Just have your, all your ducks in a row and do it. If it doesn't work, you know, then don't do it. Don't attempt to put, put, you know, a Band-Aid or smoke screen over it. Also, another thing that people do all the time that I see, and I learned this lesson years ago, don't be all things to all people. You yeah. cannot be all things to all people. You would like to be, and everybody likes to be liked by as many people or have their their product or, you know, business liked by everybody, but it's not necessary. It's, if you sell, you know, a left nostril inhaler, Right. Then don't say you know you've got a foot cream or whatever it is you know or right. hey stop it you two it's both it's a dessert topping and a floor wax you know don't do that <laughs> you know just just sell it as a nostril inhaler and that will give you much more credibility and also it doesn't dilute or spread your story or your message out so you're focused yeah. in laser focused and yeah and anybody who's interested that that's the thing that I, I I pride myself on right I'm not a mass emailing guy I never advertised. People know me through my reputation and, and my successes and whatever else I've done and you know that either pissed people off or made them happy or rich, you know, and I'm, there's plenty of those. So yeah. you know, just just do do what you do best and don't 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 go out of your lane. That's what yeah. I always say. You know? Yeah. Most people try and
0: like go, hey, we could do this or we
1: could make this work. Bad idea. Yeah. That would thinking yeah. of the bad decisions questions, by the way. Yeah.
0: Well, good. Let me serve it up to you. Jeff, give us that moment in time or that story where you made a just a terrible choice.
1: Well, it probably
0: cost you time, money, effort.
1: Ah, uh, well, Chad, I'm sad you brought that up. You know, I mean, there're just too many dimensions and truthfully, I don't want to.
0: But, yeah. but but here we are.
1: But here we are and here here it is. I mean, literally I've made a million and if I told you how much, you know, time, money, sleep and aggravation that I lost over the years over over them yeah, yeah there's plenty, but it's, you know, trial and error, live and learn, right? I mean, that's what you do. And that's what entrepreneurs do. And then you bounce back. That's
0: right. right? That's right. Yep. So
1: I just finished saying this, stay. One of the bad decisions, one of them is stay in your lane. If, yeah. if you're in like me in marketing or, you know, product sales or, you know, creating packages or videos or, you know, distributing product to mass marketplaces for people to, to buy and enjoy and make their lives better or richer or sexier or whatever it is. That's what you should do. It's always the, the businesses and the people that I know who have wavered off to say, we're going to make this part of our, our business and that'll make us bigger and stronger. We're going to purchase this business we're going to add it to our you know list of whatever that's when you fail because yeah. you don't have expertise it usually takes a lot of time and money and ultimately it, it sucks your mainstream business well it's one thing if you put a seed in the ground and over the years you grow this beautiful tree that's how i always looked at my business get a nice thick tree trunk right get the yeah. bark and make it thick and then eventually you put in more seeds and more things grow out right that's fine Yeah. but if you're truly if your tree trunk ain't that thick And you're starting other businesses, your chance of success, not good. So that was one of the lessons I learned. Hey, man, don't get into something you don't know. It looks like you can make money. Nothing's easy. Nothing takes five minutes. Two, don't do something that people don't know. So don't try to to launch something that people are not educated in. It takes way too much time and effort. It's very difficult to change people's habits and their minds. Sometimes it takes years or a generation. It's like... You know, cell phone, I'm not using a cell phone. What are you kidding? Look, I just dial right here. Hello, Bob. You know, <laughs> but how long did it take for people to go, why would you want that? Right. Yeah. And then eventually, you know, when after they came, came down to this size and they right. were under, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever, that's when people changed. But that yeah. took billions and billions. Right. Don't do that. Don't do educated. Last thing do not give up your leverage when it comes to your money.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that?
1: Uh, I knew you'd follow up that question and I don't have an answer. No, I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Of course. Trust no one when it comes to your money. Okay. I think many business owners can identify with me in this particular case is somewhere along the line. They got screwed. They either got screwed by non-payment. They got screwed by somebody internally. They got screwed by somebody who said they were going to do something and they did it. And they usually gave up the leverage of their money, meaning they paid before, they gave somebody terms, they discounted, thinking they went to get one thing and they didn't. Big, big lesson. The people, and I hate to say this because I know you're a super nice guy, even though I know you for like, you know, (laughs) most of the guys that I know who are billionaires are pricks. (laughs) I hate to say, they are all nice guys. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. I, yeah. I,
0: I, maybe I've well, they're they're shrewd or, or prudent is maybe a better word.
1: Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. I don't mince <laughs> words. You know, I, I'm a child's wolf. So I don't I do not mince words. And they're pricks. They're, they're, they're yeah. mean. They're underhanded. Sometimes they'll, they'll do things. Look, my industry is a very, very rough industry. And by the way, I don't look at the infomercial or the direct response as my industry. It's my main industry. You know, right now I'm an executive producer of a a globally recognized TV show that's reaching 400 million people. So I've done a lot of programming, actually won an Emmy Award. So, you know, again, lots of hats and do the things that you do best, right, when they come to you. But in the infomercial world, it is a rough and tumble world. It is not for the lighthearted. There is no regular income. There is a hit and miss. You know, there's very little regular business. There are people coming in and going out. It's like the feature film business. You have 10 failures, but you get that one, and it pays for those 10 and 24. Yep. So the money thing is a hard-learned lesson for most of us in the business, and you don't want to give it up if you don't have to. And I yep. don't even care if it's your best friend or your roommate from college because they'll all – listen, when push comes to shove, you know yeah. that's, that's a choice that is, is difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean you're sharing what's real. Uh, but but my I guess my follow-up question to that is is that <clears throat> I don't think that you've done this because the energy that you've displayed here today isn't a negative industry or uh, energy.
1: No, because But what on- you just
0: described though can turn someone cynical, right? It can be like I trust nobody and so then it turns into like a negative outward expression of you know, like disbelief basically. So how do you take the disbelief or a I am pretty certain that someone somewhere somehow is going to take advantage of me? How do I protect myself but still have great energy like you do?
1: Beautiful. Yeah, man, it's two-sided, okay? First of all, as a businessman, uh, a successful entrepreneur, you have an innate sense of something doesn't smell right.
0: That's right.
1: When you meet somebody, the way they shake your hand, the way they look at you, you know, you can't go by reputation. Look, my reputation's... May, may or may not be justified from what you've learned, right? right of course, right. it's nice to do, get a review and do research on somebody when you're doing, you know, and you can do that these days quite well. And, and certainly within our industry, I know every single person who ever existed in this industry. So I'll find out who they are and what they've done and where they started, if I didn't know already,
0: right? Right.
1: And, and believe me, you don't have to do business with people you like, right? As long as they're up, up, up and up. You know, you can do business with the people you don't like. That's that's perfectly OK. And I've done that many times. Or well, people you start yeah. out liking and then not liking.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: Ultimately, that's first is your side is what is your innate sense? What does your gut tell you? You know, that's that's yeah. an important thing. So you have to be on guard because, you know, people who are really good at manipulating other people into doing what they want. And there are people in the public eye, that are extremely good at doing this. And then the second half of it is that those people, as I said, you said, what did you say? Shrewd and (laughs) prudent. Whoa, man. I don't think any of these people would, maybe they would describe themselves that way. But ultimately, listen, it's dog eat dog they're going to feel justified in what they do. And ultimately, and in my business, in the small world, the big dog always eats the little dog. You know, I mean, it's very rare that you see somebody's market, distribute, violate a patent or whatever it might be. And that small guy wins. Right. OK, so that's just the cost of doing business for a lot of businesses. I hate to say.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the reason why entrepreneurship exists because it, we still believe, we still have hope, we have courage. And then it doesn't mean I'm, I lose every single time because, you know, everybody that we're talking to, these are all small business owners. We're not talking to big dogs. Even if you're doing two or 300 million, like that's really not yeah. a, a big dog business.
1: Wait, let me, let me, let clarify. I, I was doomsdaying there. That's bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be negative to <laughs> anyone out there. Well, it sound like I'm a down and Debbie downer or whatever it is. Totally. I deal with really cool people. And I and listen, yeah. I've been lucky enough to be able to choose the people that I want to deal with, you know, and I and and even the ones that I knew I didn't want to, I forced myself to do jobs with them and projects and collaborations to see yep. what happened. Let me see yep. it firsthand. You know, exactly. many times it proved out it was exactly what people had told me, but I I experienced it. Right. I also knew what I, I didn't want to do and how I could fade away from it, right? And right. in this particular case, it was like, you, I'm like, channel, get it. First class guy, no question. This is a guy I would do business. We, we, it's, it's mano a mano. We, we share. We're both in it for the same thing. Nobody yeah. goes broke splitting profit. Another one of my greatest, you know, sayings. <laughs> and, you know, I have a, a, a chain of people, you know, from yeah. reps, fulfillment companies, you know, entrepreneurs, venture capital people. All I mean. You know, these are solid people who understand and and you let a professional do your job. That's usually where it comes to. It's a power thing, right? It's money and power. So if you're dealing with somebody who wants to, again, two types of people in a business, those who are hired for their expertise and those who are hired to do what the person who is paying them to do,
0: to do, right? Sure, yeah.
1: You're either a pair of hands... Or they're like, "Hey, give me the plan. Show me where the money's going to go. Do
0: right. it, right?
1: right? Those are my people. Those are my yep. people. Like, Jeff, we we know your your reputation. We know what you're going to do. A lot right. of people don't even want to want to know.
0: Right. Like,
1: okay, well, what are you what are, what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, I'm yep. doing this now. Okay, don't send me as many emails. You know, it's too many. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Yep. This is your money. I want you to know. i want to be transparent. Right. You know, so." Those those are the people in this industry and in any industry that you want to align with, and they last for years. I have people, you know, I have reps well into their mid 80s, late 80s. They're still vile. They're connected. They're they've pivoted. They they know the technology, and truthfully, they, you know, and and all the people, all the the producers, the directors, the the package people, anybody that I deal with. I literally give them the, the, the task and walk away. They're all treated as adults. I know exactly what's going to happen, and I know it's going to get delivered when
0: I need to. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I've, got, I've got one last question here for you. The value that you've dropped on us like, could be dissected down like through three books, like you said. And so I, I want to I put a cap on that because I think that they could go back and listen because you've given so much. I want to change your perspective here real quick, and I want you to go back in time. And I want you to tap the shoulder of the younger Jeff. What would you tell him? Boy, that one's
1: tough. This I am a stubborn mule, and I probably wouldn't listen. I mean, I, I could go back to the people who tapped me on the shoulder, like my mentors, people that I respected and made tons yeah. of money. And the first thing they said to me, look, I've a, a been in an unstable business, right? It's this way. It's this way. You could go months without seeing a dime or losing a ton, right? And then it happens. The advice has always been: save for tomorrow. Save for tomorrow. Now, look, there may not be a tomorrow. You get hit by a car or whatever it is. You know, you listen. I lost a number of people during COVID. I mean, you know. So you just don't know. And I always live every day like it's my last. might be the thing it, I, I probably won't have a gravestone but if it had the answer he lived every day like it was his last so you don't want to have regrets but you also want to be able this you there were a couple of things that you had sent me and i, I i'd still like to cover them if i could and you could edit them yeah. out or make, make make another show make a small one I don't sure
0: care. yeah yeah.
1: It's important for reviewers and for, and and i love talking to you you're you're amazing you 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 give off great vibe. you you're you're positive you know you're the kind of guy that anybody would want to do business with truthfully appreciate that that's true and i wouldn't say believe me believe me i wouldn't say you want to make sure that you are doing something that enables you to do what you want when you want to do it yeah that to me is success yeah right so i still work the same hours Yeah. You know, it's like 20 hours a day i don't sleep a lot i I, 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 a huge advocate of napping, make sure you nap kids. It's important. I don't care if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes. You could take an hour and a half. You're a little sluggish after that. But I had trained myself literally since I was a teen. And when I had a a job in the film business, packing boxes, and I was out partying all night, I literally wrote, I had two, the boxes were like 12, two feet high. So I stacked them double and I stacked a single behind it, right? A single Uh, stack and laid on them and took 10 minute naps.
0: Yeah, I love 10-minute naps.
1: And I, when I was 20, 20, you know, 122 years old. And I, to this day, when I feel my energy and my, my body close, it's, I, I, and in my office, I always had a couch, and I would yell out to, my, you know, to, the, to the staff. i go, nap! <laughs> and shut the door and go to sleep. Yeah. And I, if they wanted to, that was fine. No problem. No problem. Yeah, Very, very important to make sure that your energy level, for me, is certainly is up. And that, in fact, as I said, in the business that you're able to do what you want when you want and you're, be, you're, you're making clear decisions. And also, again, this nine to five, I knew I could never work for anybody. Yeah. Right. So it was like, OK, I'm going to work four hours and then I'm going to play word games, you know, or I'm going to go work out or take a take a run. Or or as I, I met the guys, I was in a think tank. Oh, this was a good one. Way back in the 80s, I was in a think tank with the guys who came up with Disneyland Wow. Coolest thing. The guy owned a think tank in a round place, a round building in Ohio somewhere. I think his name is Vance, his last name. Uh, okay. And ultimately, these guys got together and they were in the room. It had music. It had food. It had a chalkboard. You know, it had all the things that you need in order to think. And it was round. Why is it round? Because that means there's no, you know, nobody's at the head of anything. Everybody's equal, right? Everything is equal, dis- equidistant. Yeah, I and love that. And he, the, the guy that, the thing that, I, I, I sat in when I saw the, you know, on his first, you know, thing about the description of what he does. And the number one thing, take a, take a short vacation. No, not go away. Take a walk to the museum, to a park, to the candy store, whatever it is that floats me for a music store, for sure. That is what is most important in terms of you being successful and being clear-headed and being able to communicate and to bring yourself back from the brink of frustration and stress because you know once your head is cloudy, you can't think. You're frozen. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're not going to be able to operate at that, at that uh, moment, uh, let alone the sequential moments that come after that. Uh, so it's just better just to stop the madness, <laughs> take the nap, take the small <laughs> vacation, whatever it is. I have to second you on those things because although I don't nap Often, when I feel that feeling that you're talking about, of like, I need to get horizontal. Like, That's literally what goes through my mind. I'm like, I just need to get horizontal. So, Sometimes, I would just literally lay down on the floor, put my hands behind my back or behind my head, pass out for five or ten minutes. I wake up. I'm like, wow, I feel so much better. (laughs) (laughs) So, I agree. I agree. In fact, actually, I'll tell you one other quick story that hones in on that. I was probably 21, two, three, right in that time frame. I used to sell an inside sales job, sold advertising actually. And so we had, a 10, we had a 10 o'clock break. I would go into the, like a side, like training room. I'd close all the blinds. I'd put my alarm on my phone. We had a fi- 15 minute break. I would set it for 14 minutes. <laughs> I'd put it right on my chest and ding, 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 14 minutes later, I'd pop up, jump right back on the phone. It was awesome.
1: I had it to the point where my brain was my uh, alarm clock, where literally... I would fall, I could fall asleep by, and I still can Count backwards from five, five, four, three, by three I'm asleep, okay? Wow. And there's a method to that, like anything else. I did a sleep show, of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, of course I did a sleep show. I've, I've sold everything that you could have. 2,000 campaigns. I've seen every product. I've seen thousands of products and continue to every day. I get them from, from factories in China. I just got one for it. It was 80 cents. I'm like, this is the greatest invention ever. We have to look into this. It's a it's, it's, it's swallowing to get this.
0: But yeah. ultimately,
1: sleep, right? Lay on your back prone. I used to teach people to sleep. Lay straight on your back prone, even though you sleep on your left or your right or your stomach. Uh, make sure your spine is straight. Your, your throat is up, so you get as much, you know, air. Look through your eyelids, okay, and breathe very slowly through your nostrils, back and forth, back and forth. And eventually, your your subconscious will take over. And once you, it does, you will find yourself rolling into whatever position you want, and you'll have perfect REM sleep every single time. And I when I would do that, I would literally I would wake up and like 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 I would wake up. I'm so deep. I wake up and I go, Oh my God, where am I? Oh, 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 I'm in my office. So (laughs) literally, and I could look at my cloth within sometimes almost on the head, 10 minutes to exact. That's how good the brain is. If you train it.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I believe that. That's for sure.
1: I want to, I want to just give you a, another, a piece of my background. I think it's important. I think it's important for most of your viewers. I'll make it quick. Okay. Yeah. Even if I don't, I don't care. I mean, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling the story. Okay, you sent me the tape, I'll make my own biography. That's um, right. I was born and bred New Yorker, born on in Hell's Kitchen. I grew up on Long Island, you know, in the middle of Long Island, very nice, you know, track 90 by 100 foot plots of land in the middle of Long Island. My father, my grandparents are immigrants. They came through Ellis Island. I was there during the wow. dedication of the Island with them. Great story. My grandparents are Turkish. They were Turkish, I said, oh, my God, grandma and grandpa, this is unbelievable. You know, they're they're dedicating it. You came through here. The boat came through New York Harbor. There is the Statue of Liberty. What? This must be an incredible feeling. Right. My grandfather was a taxi driver here in New York City for 35 years, whatever it was, a long time. Okay. Wow. And he was one of the first independent. Maybe that's where my entrepreneurial streak came, because he was one of the first uh, independent gypsy cab drivers, but he had his own medallion, right? Yeah. And I, I said, oh, this must be such a big occasion. You must feel so much passion. You know, I mean, you're you're an American and you made a life and you have you know, a family and they have a family. And he looked at me and he goes, Jeff, it was hot. It was crowded. Grandma didn't feel well. I changed my name. You didn't want to know from it. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, all the romance just got blown out. You know? Totally blown out. He was cool. He was the greatest. Ralph was unbelievable. But I loved him. And, and 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 another a lesson. Here's a great lesson in in finance, economy, and and money. So he has his cab. He he lived in the Bronx. My father bought a house in on Long Island, and he moved the family from the Bronx to Long Island. And my grandfather would drive his cab to the to the house. Okay. And my sister and I would wash the cab. And then he said, "For payment, I will take out the back seat of the of the taxi because I have a lot of rich people who 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 get yeah, ride in my taxi. I have private accounts. We're like, okay, <coughs> wow, great. So we watched the thing, in my <laughs> yeah, I saw a short Turkish man. He'd look over the the taxi. Mmm. You know, All right, you guys earn the money, right?" So he took out the back seat, which was held together with bakery string. He would never repair it. So he would rep- we wow. called him Mr. Fixit because he would take bakery string and repair the springs, you know? That's awesome. He didn't want to buy a new seat. So he'd take it out and some, some days, some, some weekends, there was like 35 cents, 65 cents, you know, three quarters and a nickel. And that was a lot of money back in the, in the 60s. You could yeah. get candy and stuff like that for that. So my sister and I would split. It. Then he would. Then other weekends he would come, and he'd open it up, and it was like three dollars and like eighteen oh cents. oh my god! It was just like this is like hitting the jackpot, right? Jackpot. The- That's right. Right. So we're like, wow, this is great. And my grandfather would go, yeah, I picked somebody on Park Avenue up. They, they there was a lot of, you know, they have a lot of money. You know, must came out of their pocket. Oh well, it took me thirty maybe plus years to realize my grandfather.
0: Mm-hmm. What an incredible opportunity for any parents or grandparents listening. I talk a lot about, you know, my obsession with my family as well as my business and all the other dimensions of my life. But I love that story for that angle because it's, it's, it was orchestrated. Architect, your grandfather was purposeful and intentional about those moments. It wasn't by accident. And I think if, if anything, that's a phenomenal way to end. So I appreciate you sneaking that one in there. Never
1: take anything for granted, man. That's right you just never know there's no short things nothing takes five minutes and you know and and believe me listen hire older people don't lock it off to say because then we may not be technologically advanced our knowledge the way that things are done are no different now as they were 40 years ago so please
0: yeah i I second that
1: you're on your business guy man you're missing out you're totally off i i can tell you single-handedly One more last thing. Please watch the Suki and Scott show on on USA Today or any streaming network we're reaching. I'm the executive producer. That's what I'm doing now. Executive producer, the director, and the producer of the Suki and Scott show. That's S-U-K-I and Scott show. 14-time Emmy award-winning host for the morning show here on WPIX in New York. He is also the host of several international WWE wrap-up shows. Suki is the host of the Sister Wives and a number of other things on TLC. Wow. Uh, we've had eight, 450 shows, 850 guests, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony winners, comedians, musicians, everybody that you could possibly imagine. Ch- Chaz Wolf could be. Never know. What's <laughs> the next guy? You know, he's a pretty funny guy. Good looking. Ladies might like him. We reach 400 million people right now. So. Love them. And as terms of my contact, I know you're going to ask that, so I'm new
0: Yeah, to- yeah. Well, that's that perfect. Tell us how we can contact you, number one, specifically, because I want any business owners that might fit into the avatar that need your services, or if they're just looking to connect with you, how can they find you?
1: Yeah. And I and I answer all my calls and all my emails. And truthfully, I answer ones that most people don't think there's going to be. Like, are you selling your business? I yeah. got, I got 10, eight, I think eight of those in the last, like, week.
0: Exactly. Yep. Okay, that's right.
1: So- you can reach me at Jeff at Meltzer Media. As I said, Meltzer, it's like Seltzer with an M. I've been saying that since like fifth grade. Jeff at uh, you can, don't Don't contact me through my website. Although please do visit it. It's a really, really cool website. And I just had it redone. Facebook, you can DM me there. You can Instagram at at edit Jeff E-D-I-T-Jeff linkedin is always a good place I, I, I link up with many many people and by the way you don't have to need my services i advise consultation or i am very very big on connecting with venture capital people i always have properties and, and, and things for sale or businesses that to invest in the show is is entering a very interesting phase now there may be opportunities there and we're having advertisers You know, climb on board, but we're looking to to really expand the show even further. So there's always, if you have an opportunity, I'm listening, and if I don't do it, I will recommend it to somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah. Forty plus years in business and media, surely you know somebody. So, Jeff, Ah. you not only have been a a show here today, but you've given value, and so I appreciate that, and I wish you nothing but success in your show that's going on right now. You already have it, but continued success and all the other things that you've got going on with all your clients. Thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom with us.
1: Oh man, it, it's been a pleasure. I hope I have added some value, you know, at least a few laughs anyway. And, That's right. Uh, way anyway, I can help you or your audience. And truthfully, I am humbled and honored that you, you actually wanted me to be on your show. I was shocked, man, when I looked you up, you are the real deal, my friend. And you are, this is a great service from, for, for, for everybody, no matter whether you're in business or not. I totally appreciate it. And this is what podcasts are all about. This is why you
0: are and will
1: be the king of all podcasts.
0: Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing over two or three hundred other very successful seven eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone and so gathering the kings exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs in fact we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 kings. Talk soon.